Hey, everyone. He's Josh Anderson. Yeah, I'm Josh Anderson. Am I, I mean, supposed to say you're Bob Galen? No, no, no. You, no? you just you do whatever you want to do, which is par for the course. <laughs> Entry music. It's the Bob and Josh show. I bet there's some feedback in your life, home, work, whatever it might be, that's still sitting in the back of your brain bothering you. That's okay. That's what this episode is all about. Stay tuned and we'll talk through all the ways that we can help you work through that. We got some feedback. Yeah. From some, some of what, what I think what generated, and I didn't read all of it. You were, you were much more, uh, mm. you know, sort of engaged in dialoguing, but we got some feedback on one of our recent. Well, that's, that's part of what you need to do with feedback, Bob. Step I... one, consume it. <laughs> <laughs> you know and it's not just the quippy remark it's the smile on your face that you get before the quippy remark right it's, as it it's, loads <laughs> as it loads as, as you loaded there's the loading <laughs> there's the loading yeah. facial expressions right? and i know you, you're right but uh, you know part of it to be honest is um we can start the episode this way. I'm a little vulnerable. I don't know if you are. I think you might be because of football and stuff. You might be this super feedback magnet and sponge and able to digest anything constructively. I'm not wired that way. I I get defensive. Uh, and I'm this is vulnerability on my part. <laughs> and I've been working on this. So I've gotten better with my defensive posture and my behavior. But mm-hmm. For me, constructive feedback, my initial reaction is to say, no, you are full of crap or, or, and, or you don't understand, you know, you're giving me a myopic bit of feedback, like from one perspective, and there's a bro, I have a broader view to what's going on, etc. And I start like, and this is all going on inside my head, but I, I still, and I think this feedback triggered me a little bit, um, not that it wasn't the feedback it was the metacast is near and dear to my heart and i'd like to think that every episode is a good one and uh when when we get critical feedback and the other thing with me is i like to get balanced feedback like positive feedback with critical feedback and i i always feel that like sometimes people in the community aren't balanced they love to give you critical feedback but you don't always hear positivity right and we do get some so I, so what I do in that case is I'll, I'll, I'll sort of not ignore it, but I'll go through it real fast and then I'll put it on the shelf. So I settle myself down and then I'll go back and digest it. So I'm still in the settle, I'm still in the settle period for, for, for that feedback. Metacasters, I'm not, I'm not saying that's right. In fact, I, I would judge myself and say, that's probably not the best way. My perception on you, Josh, is you just take this stuff. And you're like, you're smiling and you're whistling Dixie and you're saying, please give me more. Yeah. Da, da, da. I, so you're... The really weird part about me is positive feedback is of little value to me because it doesn't really help me get better. Like, yes, I like it. It's nice to hear. It's cool, but it's not functional. You know, it's not something that I can say, okay, cool. 
here's how I can refine this. It's it just like in a review, like anything that says nice stuff, I just skip over. Um, like this is like a performance, like in a job, my boss is right at the yeah. end of the year or every quarter, however our company did it. There was the feedback that was good. And then there was always the feedback that was at the bottom of like, well, here's the things that you should work on. And like, I just skipped all of the other stuff and would jump straight to that bottom because that's the thing that I could take action on. Okay. Um, so I admit I'm not normal. No, uh, I'm, not, no. I'm not sure that's healthy. You know, the way that I operate. Um, I, I actually, I actually in. admire it. Stop, Josh. Let me give you some positive feedback. <laughs> no, I admire that about you. I think it's a strength. Um, I didn't know about the positive. I, I think that might be a little over the top. So you, you know, yeah. you can get like you get balanced feedback. You should take that, embrace it, and really appreciate it for yourself. Yeah. But at the same time, no, no, I admire, I admire your ability to cut, cut through it, and take it and internalize it. I get there, but I go through like <laughs> I go through like a really painful trail to get there. So, and I think you are. Like that's like that's the norm. What I what I've developed over the years is not normal, and it took me a while to understand that. And that's why I said it might not be healthy. And the the part I didn't add was as a leader, because that's yeah. how I led people. I didn't value the positive feedback to me, so I did very little of doling it out to, to our team. Uh, not not that, enough when I started, right? So yeah. I had to learn that skill. Like it, it was a a skill I had to develop to force myself to not say, "All right, that was good. What do we need to fix?" and like focus on all the the air quote bad stuff. It didn't, you know, it was bad. It was just something that we needed to work on. And I didn't do a good enough job of celebrating those small wins for the team. It didn't affect me, but it was something that I, as a leader, had to figure out how to just continuously stream that positive feedback to my teams because my teams were good, but yeah. I wanted them to be great and like world class. So I was always trying to sharpen that saw, even like when the saw was turned off and the blade was in the was in the closet. <laughs> I was yep. still like, we got to make this sharper. So that's a that's a, a thing that I've had to work on from the side of the spectrum that I'm at. But I think a good thing for us to talk about would would be helping others work through the same thing that you're trying to work work through and understand the value of that feedback and being able to disconnect it from your person. That's where that's the thing that I am able to do is to say, okay, that feedback is here it doesn't represent me personally because i know what i did and yep. this person has a, has a view of what i did uh, but i'm proud of what i've done so okay cool let me learn from that but there's some it's hard to not connect that with yourself because you pour so much into it just like you said right it's near and dear to your heart and you know when somebody says your baby's ugly that's, yep. that's not comfortable yeah the one thing I do, and I've, and I didn't, I used to, gosh, God help the people that I reported to early in my career, because if I got constructive feedback, I, I really sort of went over the top and I got very defensive. Now I, I've learned to, uh, I still have, I have an inside Bob and an outside Bob. So I still have the inside Bob that gets a bit defensive. 
but the outside Bob is I, I thank people for the feedback mm-hmm. and, and I, and, and I'm really appreciative for it. Right. I, I really have my mindset that because I'd rather have it than not have it like not having it, you can't take action. So that is the, to me, that's the anti-pattern. So at least, at least I'm getting it. I may not like it, but I get it. So I'm appreciative with people and I ask for more. The other thing I try to do at the point of attack is, is clarify it. Not, and it's a, it's a, it's a balancing act so that you don't, you know, you want to ask clarifying questions, but not those obnoxious questions that are, that are not honest and genuine, right? That you're, you're really challenging the feedback rather than, really trying to understand it. So I'm, I'm better at, the, I'm much better at the point of attack. Uh, and what I'm doing is I'm, I'm packaging it up so I go, can go away and digest it later, if that makes sense. Right. I can, you know, I know what it is and then I can go handle it. Once I, once I settle myself internally down, I can go and I can digest it. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say feedback is a gift and that's how you should treat it. Uh, but I think a lot of people say that and don't, actually believe it like that's a that's a buzzwordy thing to say i try to explain to people that are struggling with that concept of it's not easy to walk up to someone virtually or live and say hey this thing that you're pouring your heart into i think it could be better if you did x y and z so the people providing the feedback care about you and or what you're doing so much that they've put thought they've dedicated brain power lots of cycles to say you know what there's this thing i really like and i think it could be better and they noodle on it and they spend time and come back and say okay here's a here's a package whether it's packaged well or not they put the effort in to come to you and say hey i thought a lot about this and here's Here's something I think that could help. So it's not just, yes, on the internet, you get these like off the cuff, random comments, you know, that are spur of the moment. That That's, that's different. But for real feedback, where someone comes to you with views on ways something could, could be improved, they, they gave you part of their brain power for, a substantial amount of time and then also have the courage to come and say that to you which unfortunately in my view many people don't do so that's how i get people to try and understand that it really is a gift because in the internet world social media you do get in this thing where people are just flinging insults basically because it's easy it's faceless all of that stuff so isn't that Yep. I, I would agree. Um, and I, and I'm trying to look on that part of my appreciating it is looking at that side and understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, recently I've been, I've been reading things and getting feedback from neurodiversity folks, folks that might be bipolar or ADHD, et cetera. And, and one, one of those folks comes to mind and they, they sent me feedback, uh, on something, not, not really on agile. Um, but, and then I was thinking, I know that they go through it. I was talking to them and it'll take, they'll go through like six or eight iterations, Josh, to get mm-hmm. the words right. And the words aren't good. I mean, they're not perfect, but from their point of view, it's a, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, yes, anding and, <laughs> and doubling down on what you said, looking at through their eyes, 
and really appreciating the effort and even assuming positive intent with the effort. Mm-hmm. Like whenever, now, whenever I get something from this person, I'm like, and, and it usually just because of where they're coming from, it's, I can usually trigger on it if that makes sense. But, but that empathy trigger that I have in a bad way, in a bad way, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll still, they're giving me hard feedback or mm-hmm. they're, or they're suggesting things or doing things that I wouldn't do it that way or whatever, but I'm, I'm triggering on it. But then I flip it and I'm like, you know, they, they put so much effort and they're probably still not explaining it well. Right. Mm-hmm. There's just way so many words, but I, I agree with that is it, it, it is a gift. And if we can flip ourselves, we have to consider the gift. Otherwise the, 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 the counterpoint and Medicasters, this is what can drive you. This was what drives me it, to, to it, to receive it. Well, is if you don't do that, people are going to shut down. It is a gift from their point. Of, they're, they're putting time and effort into forming it. And if you always deflect that, that's that spigot, that stream of good feedback is going to shut off. And you're, and now you're going to be out there in the wilderness and not, and not getting any feedback on your behavior. So that's your, that's your counterpoint. So if you want that, great, see how that works for you. Uh, but, but to me, that was my, that was my epiphany. It's like, I would rather get disgruntled and go through my, my feedback assimilation curve than get no feedback whatsoever. Yeah, and if you choose to take your career in a leadership direction, you are going to have to work very hard to foster that environment because the air the air quotes are going around this. Uh, the higher you go, the less often you get feedback. So if you don't foster that culture of feedback, it's going to get very lonely and very quiet. It will still be lonely and quiet as a leader, but you can still work to create that environment where people are comfortable and capable of giving that feedback. Um, Another thing from the other side, as far as giving it, there are a lot of people that have said, or I've read about working with friends and that that often ends up in reduced feedback and people don't say the hard things that need to be said to their friends. And I find it completely the opposite. They are my friend. I deeply care about this person and I would feel like a traitor if there was feedback that I felt they should hear, but because they were my friend, I didn't say it. So I feel an even greater pressure to share more often and more freely with a friend that I'm working with because they are that friend and I don't want to not have their best interest in mind. Not that I don't have the best interest in mind of everybody that is a part of my team, but that's a, that's a personal connection that I intend to have for potentially life. So I don't want to, you know, be having a conversation in 20 years and say, you know what, back when we worked at, you know, X, Y, and Z company, you really sucked at this. And like, what, why didn't you tell me, you know, so that's a, that's a thing that uh, I don't necessarily buy into a lot of that. You shouldn't work with your friends because you do get to a point as a friend where you can have an open conversation and that's a healthy thing. Well, I think there's two sides to it, though, Josh. 
um, the friend has to be receptive. So, so yeah. there's a there's a receptivity defensiveness scale, and you can still be friends. So if you have a friend that you really care about, but they get defensive a large part of the time, then you're going to filter the feedback. I think, right? At times, you'll you'll step up you'll step up to the defensive perimeter as much as you possibly can. Yeah, but, but all I'm saying is that what I'm suggesting is it takes two to tango in the feedback, right? The yeah, feedback. It's a, it's a delivery decision at that point as yeah. far as how I handle that with them, which is not different than how you have to handle every member of your team is you have to understand how feedback is best received by each person because it's not going to be a one size fits all. It's going to be a thing that you're going to have to work through based on personality, work experience, the path they have to hear. Maybe they had very oppressive leaders in the past and they've been shut down or they're used to that feedback. So there, there's all these variables that go into uh, continually making the world of leadership difficult. But, but back to your friends, it's, all, it's also I, I think of someone that I know who I co who's a friend a colleague, if you will, in the in our space, um, and I've given him feedback over years, and and what I've noticed, I'm just using this as an example. This is not you, Josh, <laughs> but I've I've noticed that he, you know, it doesn't work. It he doesn't internalize the feedback. So at some point, we're friends. So one, we're friends. Mm -hmm. Two, I care about him a lot. But three, at some point, I'm going to just stop. It's not even that he's getting defensive. That he's so part of taking feedback is doing something with it. I think uh, yeah. now. Now I am not suggesting that he would have to do take all of my feedback to heart. But in all these years, you know, there are some areas where it it's just been ignored, and that's that's absolutely his prerogative. But then it's my prerogative to, at some point to say, you know what, <laughs> he doesn't want to hear feedback in that area, and I'm just gonna, yeah. I'm just gonna stop. So it, I think you were saying it is a dance, right? It is a, it is a delivery decision. There's a lot of factors in it. I think history is one of those. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I just finished a Cal class, and one of the things I was emphasizing to people in the curve is is getting the feedback, digesting the feedback. Right. Figuring out what's valuable to you and, you know, what the wheat separating the wheat from the chaff. Right. Then once you have the wheat, then internalize it and then take action on it, meaning do like do a discernible outward action, change your behavior so that the people who gave you the feedback can say, ah, it actually landed and, and Josh or Bob did something with it. So I think there's like a loop to the feedback. I'd love to hear your 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 response to that yeah the one tweak that i have learned to put on that cycle is i used to take feedback and like blindly apply it what i learned to do is that wasn't that wasn't the intent yeah. uh, so what i over time learned how to do was receiving that feedback thinking through it and uh normalizing it for myself and how exactly. I want, and who I want to be. And that maybe wasn't, you know, maybe I didn't take a hundred percent of what they said or how I should do it, but I spun it to make it operate 
for Josh, because what works yep. for someone else isn't necessarily going to work the same way for me. And learning and understanding that helped me establish and maintain my style of leadership that I that I thought was pretty good. I think is pretty good. Is. And but 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 that was that was a couple years. Well, probably more than a couple. Probably like five years of learning to learning how to receive the feedback. To your point separating the bits and pieces but also okay so like here's the nuggets yeah, exactly. now, what do I do with that nugget maybe i melt it down and make it into something else or maybe i just take the nugget and just move it over here and it's solid exactly. gold, you know so exactly. that's, a, that's a key thing that um you might be doing and you might not know is that it's not it's not to be taken verbatim and that's something I, I learned. I learned early on. I, I learned that. I think maybe one of the epiphanies for me with that was my first book. And I was writing a book and I sent it out to technical editors. So like 15 people who were who could have written the book, right? They were peer technical peers in that space. And um, and they barked about it, the book a lot. Yeah. They, yes, they yes, were, my puppy. <laughs> exactly. But uh, so I got 15 streams. So the good news was I got 15 streams of feedback. Uh, and since they were designers, you know, they were technical folks, it was pretty detailed. Uh, the bad news is I got 15 streams of feedback. And now I had to figure out what to take and what to reject. And it was all valid, but getting comfortable with it's not all true. Like the, I have to determine the truth of the feedback. Uh, that's another mistake I think people make is they sometimes to your like what you were alluding to all feedback is true no no it's there's fa there's falseness not lies but there's falseness in feedback let's figure out what's false maybe based on their perspective or maybe based on they don't have your point of view or a variety of factors F look for the truth in it and then and then apply that and get really comfortable with throwing things away and not not taking it personal or not feeling bad that's I, that's a natural part of i think the feedback process so getting editor feedback the other thing is my voice i don't want to lose so there's 15 people giving me feedback but then there's bob galen who's the author and i don't want to try to serve these 15 streams of feedback and lose my own voice so i i always had to double check and and that book experience has sort of carried into my you know, a feedback as a leader, et cetera. And I'm always, I'm always sort of, that's one of the reasons why I need a pause. I took horse training and they talked about this a little extreme, but they, one of the, the tools or the metaphors in horse, which is a coaching class is looking for 2% truth. So the, they, they use that for people who get very defensive. So, so it's like, you're not looking for 50% truth. You're not looking, it's like, they said, can you find the one little nugget that you could agree with and then do something with that? And, and I think that's a nice place to start for people who get ultra defensive, Medicaid, right? Is, is bring the, bring the truthometer down to something that's so narrow that you can find it and then, and then find more and then find more and then find more. The truthometer is now a thing, so everybody, everybody, start using that. You know, I, it's surprising, given your discomfort with feedback, that you've written so many books because the world 
of books, especially on the internet, is review heavy, and it's, uh, and and, and critique heavy. Out there. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's uh, that's it, it's, it's that you keep doing it. You know what though? It's changed. I think uh, for me personally, this is an interesting aside, or maybe, but early on, I would get people didn't understand my uh, my intent. One, they weren't assuming positive intent, and I didn't have a track record. So if I misspoke something, the vultures would attack me. And since I'm a perfectionist, and you know this about me, and I don't handle feedback well, it would have a, it would have, and and I and I'm a, I care about the community. That it would really hurt me, actually, a lot. Uh, it didn't stop me. I'm thankful that it didn't stop me, but it could have stopped me. It really was hurtful. Some, I mean, and sometimes people like they assumed negative intent. Yeah. Uh, and and a lot of times this were pe these were people. This wasn't just common folks. This was like pundits. It was you know regular folks in the community, but also like you know thought leaders would attack me, and uh, either publicly and or privately. Um, but now it's I think what's happened is I I still get that. I still have to have a thick skin, um, and and delay. But I think more people in the community know that I'm, where my heart is at or where my intentions are. So if I misspeak, a lot of them assume positive and more, more of them assume positive intent uh, and don't attack me. Um, uh, and in some cases, those SMEs, those, those thought leaders, I attack them back, right? So I do, I do reserve the right <laughs> to get feisty. And so maybe I've just, maybe I've just frightened them away or something like that. But yeah. you're, you're, you're absolutely right. That's actually, I think that's one of the reasons why people don't write or, or don't do some of the things we do is it's not a friendly yeah. world sometimes from a feedback point of view. Right. Um, the last thing I'd like to cover is try and give the listeners slash viewers, because this one's on video too, uh, some of the like ways to get through that initial sting and start to do the hard work of separating the useful from the not so useful or useless if you want to go that far. Um, just just wait because I know so many people that struggle this and I was lucky to have this like beaten out of me uh, but not everybody has that past so how how can we help people what are tools we can give folks so to can we can we put that on the table for a second and go somewhere else first sure and I want to get there that to me is an end can we talk a little bit a few minutes about how to get it uh, yeah. like what are ways to get feedback? What are some, what are, and I know it may sound obvious, like asking for it, right? So ask someone for feedback, but then that doesn't always get you feedback because you have to have, there's a relationship bit and a safety bit. Uh, and there's a tenured bit, like, you know, what is our relationship? What is the tenure of that? So I could, I could walk up to you in the street. You don't know me from Adam. And I say, Josh, tell me what you think of my agile chops. Um, yeah. And, and so I asked for feedback, but. It's, you know, what level am I going to get and what do I do with it? So how do we get feedback? Just just a random set of effective ways. Asking is obvious, but there's more to it. Um, I think one of the things you can do is clearly demonstrating that you find value in it that as you learn see hear things you 
grab it and run with it and start making changes. Um, because you can work with somebody and know uh, whether they're open to feedback or not, just the way that they operate, the way they respond in meetings <clears throat> or yep. to an email or anything. You yep. can tell if that defensive posture shows right up or not. One of my favorite pieces of advice for product owners with scrum teams is to take feedback from a, a sprint uh, review, not all the feedback, but I'm like every once in a while, take a critical bit of feedback that you got, like a feature feedback from a stakeholder or something and nail it in the next sprint. Like show people that you care and you were listening, mm-hmm. i.e. take action on the feedback. I'm like, and what, 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 what will happen is that engenders, now they know, you know, to me there's feedback level one or DEFCON level one feedback, which is superficial. And you want to get to DEFCON level five feedback, which, is, and in order to get that, I think you have to prove that you, you know, you're going to take action on some of it, right? And what I've seen, and I've seen that increase the interactive and the engagement loop on the part of stakeholders, because the aha goes off and it's like, oh my God, I'm not just talking to myself. <laughs> like people are right. actually yeah. paying attention to me. Yeah, one of the things that I've had to coach my kids on through through sports is I've had to help them understand that coaches, sporting coaches, invest their energy, which often is manifested in yelling, yeah. in players that they think can take it and use it to get better. And I've said, as soon as a coach stops yelling, yep. they've decided you've like topped out. And they're not going to invest time and energy trying to help you get better because you've shown you don't receive the feedback and you're not going to get better. So the potential isn't there. So I had to get them comfortable with like, hey, this is actually a good thing. So it's very similar to what Bob just said is you have to show a willingness to take action. Maybe not blind 100% action. I'm going to do exactly what you say. But, okay, I hear you. Here's how we twisted it for this because of X, Y, and Z. And, again, show that you'll receive it. And then that door goes from cracked to being kicked open as far as the floodgate of feedback. Uh, I agree. Another way to get feedback, I think, is to give it. So I think there's a reciprocal nature to it, right? Giving, getting, getting, giving. Um, which cart before the horse? I don't know. It's, it's start. But... Uh, and, and again, it's that level one to level five or whatever. I'm joking a little bit, Metacasters, but getting into deeper feedback, you have to earn that. But to your boss, like, are you giving feedback? So, so Josh, if I was reporting to Josh, it's not just one-way feedback, Josh, to me. Uh, and Josh and I have talked about this. Leaders don't get a lot of feedback. You can really engender yourself and really support a leader by giving them valid mm-hmm. feedback. Now, they have to receive it well and they have to make it safe, et cetera. But you also have to to step into that. But I think I think being on both sides of that loop increases the quality of the feedback. Um, oh, the other thing is I would say, Josh, is don't forget positive feedback, mm-hmm. right? And I was in this Cal class again this week, and this is my bad. I keep when I talk about radical candor, or crucial conversations. I very often bring up these constructive examples or negative examples, and. And I over lean into that. And those are important. The reason I lean into it is people are uncomfortable with those situations. So I'm leaning into it. But I lean so hard that I forget that half of your conversations or half of your feedback should be positive, right? Or appreciative feedback, particularly if you're a leader. 
you know, in a team, if you're a team member, are you saying nice things to anyone? Uh, so, so I think going on both sides, making sure you're not leaning one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of places I've helped out in the past couple of decades, there was a missing piece of trust. And so when there isn't trust, feedback cycles either don't exist or they're painful. And that's where leaders forget title. Someone that's going to be a leader extends trust first. And then that starts to create that space where I trust you and we're going to give this feedback and we're going to hear it and we're going to do something positive with it. But there's so many times where it's like this, this high noon standoff where both sides are standing at the end of that dusty street staring at each other, waiting for the other one to flinch. When in reality, what needs to happen is someone on the other side has to put the gun down and walk across and shake a hand. And then that changes the game. Someone has to start that game of trust. Otherwise, it's just going to be a stalemate forever. And no one's going to be happy. Absolutely. Another thing with feedback is you want to be perfect in your prose. But um, so so a lot of people, one of the inhibitors is uh, is perfection. I want to have, it's a hard bit of feedback, so I, I want to polish it so that it's perfectly received or something. Um, and then you can convince yourself not to give it. So avoidance is, you know, or perfection. Uh, I would argue that just giving it, like doing it well is nice, but doing it, giving feedback, even if it's in a crappy package or or it's not eloquent or it's not, you know, it doesn't flow, still giving feedback, lean into giving feedback, right? Yeah, and then it, get be- it, and get better at it over time. Yeah, don't don't let perfect be the enemy of good is the old saying, and that yeah. and that can that can happen. The, the the other key thing is freshness, giving that yeah. feedback yeah. as close to in the moment as possible. Because the the longer you wait, like maybe you're nervous to give the feedback, or you're trying to polish it exactly the way you want to say it. So by the time you go to give the feedback, it's like two weeks later. And the context is mostly lost in that moment where the thing happened, good or bad. Yeah. Uh, so that's why that freshness is so important because it's it's fresh in everyone's mind. Hey, Josh, why don't we flip it? I, I wanted to flip to the front, and I think we covered that a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Can we go back to your point? You were you were on the how do you digest it? What are some guidance yeah. around filtering it and things like that? Do you want to go back there? Yeah. Yeah, to have that walk away if I'm struggling to not get defensive, what are some tips and or tricks that I can start to apply that will help me try to figure out how to disconnect it as and not see it as a personal attack upon my upon myself? So I gave one. I just want to reamplify it. I, I think 2% truth is a really effective way to do that. Because out of you know 100% of whatever you've said, you're only you know out of every hundred words of feedback, you're only looking for the two words that where there's a nugget of truth that you can take action on. So that helps me. I, I've I've applied that even before I knew about it. I've applied that view of I, I was trying to look for the truth as opposed to reacting to the whole. Um, and and I think if you if you're t- you know if that's a problem that you have, then go to a narrow truth just look for one just start with is there one nugget there that i can agree with 
Yeah. And, and if that's true, well, then take action on that nugget. The the spin that I put on that very similar approach, but it just kind of how it works with my brain is I talk a lot about everybody's path to here is different. So no one has walked in your shoes. No one knows exactly the path that you have to here and the actual moments that led up towards whatever happened, where the feedback is coming from. So accept that they haven't walked in your shoes, but that doesn't mean you discard it, but just understand the angle and the lens that it's coming from, because that will help you separate out that 2% that really lines up because the opinion and the view that they have is valid, but it's valid from the lens that they're looking through, which may be orthogonal to yours. So just parsing that out, that's a, that's a mental approach that I take is it's coming at it from a different angle, but there's still bits in there that add value. I love what you said. So Josh, you were building empathy into it. So look at the feedback. If I paraphrase, look at the feedback from their point of view. Mm -hmm. So I get feedback from Josh and I, I think the Metacasters is a powerful sort of point. So Josh gives me feedback before I react. I look at the world and this is scary to me, everyone, because he's bigger than I am. And, and, and I've gone side by side with him and I've tried to, if you've seen those <laughs> Metacast videos, it's, you know, I'm relatively small, but look at the world. What was his, what is his lens? What is his intent? What is our relationship? Um, what is he trying to tell me? Uh, maybe even what he didn't tell me, maybe he's trying to be soft, et cetera, and then flip it back, look at it through his eyes and then look at it through my eyes. I, I think we should all, whether we're defensive or not, take that approach for the feedback. It's like build the empathy because that'll help you understand where the truth is, right? That'll really help with the truth. Yeah. And that's a very valuable tool when giving the feedback is understanding that the lenses that the two of you have aren't perfectly overlapping. So yeah. understanding that there is likely something in that person's world that you don't know about. There's a gap in your understanding of what they're working with against or whatever that might have made that behavior 100% absolutely the best. But you assume things and you fill in your own world and assume the way that they operate or think or believe or whatever it might be. And then that creates that tension because you don't spend the time to understand that person and what their lens looks like. Well, Josh just, just did that Metacasters with his uh, sports coach story with his children, right? So if I'm, if I'm Josh's child and I could be, if I'm, if I'm Josh's child, I, you know, and I'm getting yelled at by a coach, I'm immediately going to overreact and trigger to that, right? They're yelling at me. I'm looking at it from how am I, here I am working my hardest. Here I am. I just had a great game. Here I am doing this stuff. And, and I'm just considering my lens. But then he shared that other lens. You know what? Coaches, yes, they're yelling, but they're doing it because they want to grow you because they see potential. Now bring that back. It was still obnoxious. I still, they swore at me. They spit. I can cut through all of that, but but you know what? There's some nuggets of truth in there. 
and I can get to those nuggets of truth from that. I was like, you know what? That was performance feedback. They're right. 10% of what they told me I can use to increase the performance in my, in my baseball swing or whatever it is. Yeah. Yep. Right. And, and people, I don't think a lot of folks do what you're talking or what we're talking about, Josh. It's more so on the face. We take the fee, we take the feedback on the face of things. Yeah. Right. And it's not just the words, it's the emotion, it's the delivery. Like the yelling yeah. is a one delivery. If it's in anger and, and then we respond in kind. Yeah, Anything it, else to land it? Go ahead. No, I mean, it, it's, it, it just is a, like a lot of people when I'm, when I'm new to working with them, they tend to tiptoe around the feedback and soften it before they give it to me. And one of the things that I do similar to that, like extending trust part is yep. say like, listen, you're going to have to work really hard to offend me with anything that you're going to say. You know, the, the, the only time I'm going to like question is if you like pick up a table or a chair and throw it at me, it's like, those were the moments in football where it's like, okay, this dude's totally lost it. But like, you could say anything to me. And so I, I right out of the gate, create that environment where it's like, bring on the feedback because I want it. Um, and then I start showing that I do something with it. So that's how I create that bridge right, right out of the gate. Did we, do did, we did we do a good enough job? I think I feel like we covered this topic pretty well, Josh. I feel good. Hey, I hey, Metacasters, video, audio, give us feedback. All joking aside, give us feedback. Um, not so much on our delivery. I care about the delivery, and this is an example of you can ask for feedback, but make it very pointed, right? You can narrow the feedback. What I'm looking for is in the topic area of giving, receiving, actioning feedback. Is there some ideas, tools, techniques that we missed or didn't discuss that you could drop in and share with other Metacasters? So I'll, we'll take any feedback, but I'd really be interested in sort of deepening this, this wonderful discussion around feedback in all directions. Agreed. A couple things, a couple ways for you to do that. Uh, this will be on our YouTube channel. I will make sure the link is in the show notes so you can post comments there. We have a Discord server where you can come in and post thoughts. We now have like a Q&A session where the community is going to respond because they're pretty freaking amazing. Uh, and also social channels like everywhere. So the best places for you to do this are going to be in discord because not only is it us there, but it's members of the community like you that can jump in and help. Uh, otherwise your second best is probably because this is a video one on our YouTube channel. Cause that's just made for comments. So that's where, that's where you can focus and give us feedback on the feedback. No, I, I mean, I, th I, I think that's actually part of the, you know, part of our practice of it is, is we can have a broad, like, tell me how, so let's lend the episode on this. I'm getting inspired again. Maybe there's a part two in this, Josh. <laughs> it's like, if I ask Josh, you're like, Josh, give me some feedback. It's, it's so open-ended that he's now that trust me, Metacasters, that is not going to stop Josh. Josh is going to step into that invitation, but, but yes, but, but, a, but a lot of people won't or give me some feedback on, you know, sort of how I handled myself yesterday in the meeting. Uh, was I encouraging enough? Did I create safety enough? Now we're talking about, so the scope of that feedback request, make sure you're controlling that scope. 
you know, tell me how I, or, or give me some negative, give me like, give me some negative feedback. Give me some constructive criticism. Those are not good ways to solicit feedback. Be more, be more specific. Yes. Agreed. And, and the other cool thing that that does is that puts a reminder in that person's brain for the next time where uh, maybe they weren't watching as closely, but now they're like, oh, okay, I can help Bob. So let me really pay attention to, to this. And then I'll eagerly run to Bob and say, hey, Bob, like here, this is what, this is, this is great. And then talk thanks. through it. Oh, what a nice way to, to end this episode. I like that. That sort of, it builds on itself is, is, is absolutely true. So if you're seeing that build, you're doing something good. If you're not seeing that build over time, then you need to improve on your on your feedback loops. Hey, Josh. Hey, Bob. From beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina. And Fuquay, North Carolina. <laughs> I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake.